Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> Enormos Locos Violentos. Written by Ben Errington. Narrated by Josh Curran. Fernando Sanchez was a man with many secrets. Some he kept just to halt the worry he would often see in his wife's eyes, and others he would bury deep down within himself so he didn't have to fight with them every night as he tried to rest, tossing and turning as his body ached and throbbed with terrible pain. Some physical, that he could deal with, and some mental, that he handled not so well. He had led a double life once, and that was simple. He managed to balance being a family man with the nights he spent adopting the persona of an imposing luchador wrestler named El Marvo. When he stepped into the ring, daubed in red and gold, surrounded by the cheering fans that idolised his every word and every punch he threw, he truly felt alive. It was a purpose unlike anything he had felt before. He wasn't just an athlete, he was a hero. An icon to the kids who looked up at him from beyond the squared ring, wearing the same mask as the one that covered his face, his true identity never to be revealed. Not to the audience, not to his fellow wrestlers, nobody. His name would always be a mystery, and to everybody but his family, he would be known 
as El Marvo, the marvelous one. He learned to adapt to life as a man whose only goal was to crush the life out of his opponent, usually a luchador who had been given the character of a heel, a traditional wrestling bad guy. El Marvo was the face, the guy that everybody loved and who would only win matches fair and square, usually after performing his brutal finishing maneuver, the Jaw Smasher Slam. If he was ever on the back foot, it was because the heel had gained the upper hand by cheating, an outside aid, a low blow, or the unsolicited use of a weapon. Marvo's popularity with the crowd and superb in-ring work, which exhibited his speed, strength, and ingenuity as a performer, saw him at the top of the card almost every week for the number one wrestling promotions company in El Paso, Texas, Enormos Locos Violentos. And as the number one guy for ELV, it didn't take long for Marvo to win the number one belt in the company, the Enormos Locos Violentos World Heavyweight Championship. With the gold around his waist, El Marvo began an unbeaten run that reached unprecedented heights, approaching a hundred matches without defeat, a record that almost doubled the original, set over two decades previously. However, this success was not taken lightly by many of the men who funded ELV behind the scenes. There were some that had investments in other wrestlers, who believed his streak was not fair on them, and that they deserved a push in his place. They believed he had been over with the fans for long enough, and it was time for a new face to be the main man. One late night, Fernando was training alone in an empty ring, taking bumps from the top rope over and over again. As he stood up and brushed himself down, he saw several shadowy figures gather around the apron of the ring. He recognized only one of them. I don't usually expect a ringside audience at this time of night, Fernando said, adjusting his mask, which had shifted to cover his eyes slightly. Some of the men, most of which wore dark suits, laughed. Always wondered why you refused to reveal your face, one of them said, stepping into the light of the ring. His name was Santiani, and he represented the owner of ELV, a man who Fernando had never met. He did know, however, that the owner did not have entire creative control over the promotion. There was a group that made decisions as a committee, and some of those decisions were often opposed by some of the heaviest hitters, men who Fernando knew had connections to organized crime in El Paso. I think it's because you're afraid, Santiani mocked. Fernando made circles with his head to stretch out his neck. There are some men that have no idea what it is to be afraid, Fernando said. I can tell that you are one of them, Santiani. Santiani looked around at his associates, flashing his gold teeth. Now why would you say something like that, Marvo? He said. You know I have a little patience. 
And that also is a sign of extreme weakness, Fernando said. Santiani took off his suit jacket, rolled up his shirt sleeves and climbed into the ring. His round, bald head shone like a beacon as the warm light surrounding the ring beamed down. Fernando steadied himself, opening his legs wide. His barreled chest was flecked with sweat. You know why I am here, rat? Santiani asked. Hmm, I am not sure, (laughs) Fernando sneered. Probably to deliver some sort of message of gratitude from the boss, I expect. I mean, I've single-handedly given the ELV the best year of the promotion's history. Is that not correct? Santiani began to circle Fernando. His shirt struggled to contain his mass. His hulking form was possibly even more imposing than Fernando's, which he had worked tirelessly to maintain since his teenage years. A message, that's for sure, Santiani said. Fernando watched Santiani from the corner of his eye, but focused more intently on the men that had begun to spread out around the ring. As you may know, we're bringing in a new wrestler from a rival company, Santiani continued. A man who has made it clear that he will only sign a contract if it is guaranteed he gets the belt within his first month. Fernando could see that many of Santiani's men were armed with handguns tucked firmly into holsters within their jackets. I have heard, yes, Fernando said. But the belt is mine until somebody worthy can take it from me. Santiani began to crack his knuckles. His name is Vincenzo Vicious, Santiani announced, (laughs) and he's a better wrestler than you can ever hope to be. Fernando had heard many stories of Vincenzo Vicious, a lutador of black and white who used many methods of extreme violence to win his matches, whether or not his opponent before the fight had agreed to them or not. He opened up his rivals, which meant he made them bleed with a blow so strong that it would cut their skin, which would cause some of the audience to walk out in disgust, especially if they'd brought young wrestling fans with them. Vicious was also a fan of using weapons, and Fernando had even heard one story about how he'd use a chainsaw to terrify an opponent so much that he'd pissed in his pants and took the pin voluntarily afterwards. He wasn't a wrestler. He was a psychopath. And Fernando wanted the man to have nothing to do with ELV. Then he will have to prove himself in the ring, Fernando said. If he can beat me clean, then he can have the championship around his waist. I don't think you understand, Santiani said. Vicious is going to be pushed as the face of this company, which means he will need to beat you, El Marvo, the record breaker. And by beat, I mean utterly destroy you. He has to make an example of you if he is going to establish himself as the ultimate force ELV want to portray him as. Fernando held his breath for a second before exhaling. I won't be pushed around, Santiani, he said. My trainer, an honest man who made ELV the great company it is today, would not stand for it. Santiani laughed louder than before. (laughs) Your trainer? The man who never held an ELV title? He mocked. 
Fernando felt his heart begin to pound faster. He was a pathetic wrestler. An embarrassment. Santiani snapped. Fernando lunged forwards and grabbed Santiani by the throat, crushing his larynx. There was a loud noise that made Fernando's ears scream. Before he knew what had happened, he was lying on his back in the middle of the ring. He looked at his gloved hands and saw the red of his blood stain the gold trim around his fingers. Santiani's smoking gun was taken from his hand as the other men climbed into the ring, pulled Santiani away from the fracas and under the ropes. Fernando could see that Santiani's face had drained of colour. He was terrified. As the men scattered and left the building, Fernando struggled for breath as he called after his attacker. Coward! Fernando didn't die from the bullet in his gut. He survived and recovered almost inexplicably, and after a mere number of weeks, he was back in the ring, defending his championship with high-flying performances that left his opponents falling short, never getting close to beating him. But he began to do some digging, finding out more and more about ELV's connection to organized crime and what a man like Vincenzo Vicious debuting with the company meant for El Paso Wrestling. He knew that he couldn't just stand by and let all the work he had done, everything his trainer had taught him about the business, be for nothing. He knew that he had to use his strength and stamina to do the right thing, not just for his family and himself, but also for every person who came to watch him wrestle every week. Those who looked forward to seeing him perform the jaw smasher slam on whoever had challenged him for the beloved World Heavyweight Championship. Now Fernando's existence had developed into a triple life, with the addition of a vigilante persona thrown into the chaotic mix. He couldn't let the unnamed ELV owner, plus Santiani and all the criminals who associated themselves with the wrestling industry, control El Paso anymore. After leaving whatever wrestling event he had taken part in on any given night, bloodied and bruised despite the theatrics that were involved, he would venture into the darkness and do his duty. A duty that the police had been unable to commit due to their weaknesses, fear and money. The criminals of the city had the authorities bought and paid for, which meant that when the people needed to be protected, they were often left wanting. Injustice, intimidation, debauchery had infected many of the boroughs of Fernando's hometown, with drugs and prostitution being pushed on almost every corner. Fernando remembered the words of a man he had learned his trade from in these moments of weakness, especially when the odds were stacked so highly against him. A man he had watched the life drain from due to a stomach cancer that rotted him from the inside out. A man that had once worn a mask and Fernando had cheered for. From the opposite sides of the rope, he now found himself stood between. You know, I've been in jail. Had to wear a tag for a while too. Did some things to some bad people, but I don't regret it. I'd do them all again in a heartbeat, but I can't go back inside. Because while I'm in there, those bad people keep doing the bad things that make them bad people, and there's nobody to stop them. So you see, I gotta wear a mask. Sounds stupid, right? 
It feels stupid, but I gotta keep doing the right thing. Cause the cops round here are either too scared or on the payroll of the bad people. Which makes them bad people too. Where I'm from we had a saying. A mantle of sorts. You know what it was? Cause I don't. Not anymore. Too many bumps to the head. But I remember it was poignant. And it gave me a feeling in my stomach that I couldn't compare to anything else. Something deep down in my gut. Kind of like courage, but so much more than that. You're gonna need that feeling before we go out smashing skulls, kid. And you're gonna need a mask, too. The words flowed through him like pure adrenaline, and as he clenched his fists together, he felt stronger than ten men. Or maybe more. He was ready to take back El Paso. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Enormos Locos Violentos was written by Ben Arrington, narrated by Josh Curran, with music by Frey Lakino, Welts Jabejo, Foster Ray, and Tom Robson. 2017 is going to be a big year for Hawk and Cleaver. If you love the other stories and wish to see more thrilling delights, then head on over to hawkandcleaver.com where you can keep up to date with all of our latest goings on. Until next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.